This morning, we have a few of our congregants that are going to be sharing with you just some stories of what God has done and is doing in their lives. And as that happens, I want you just to sit back and I want you to just be thanking the Lord. This is just a highlight. These are just representative of what God is doing. He is moving constantly. He's active, answering our prayers, big ones, small ones, at all times. We just have to stop long enough in our chaotic world to notice what he's doing. Amen. Amen. So let me introduce to you our first testimony, Mr. Johnny Wyatt. Why don't you come on up here? Let's give him a hand clap. <laughs> All right. Tell us a little bit about what God has been doing. Okay. Well, I get a phone call from work um, as the shop supervisor. He said that uh, one of our employees had a heart attack, and the guy's only like 30 years old. I'm like, what do you mean he had a heart attack? He goes, he had a heart attack. I go, at the plant? He goes, no. He had a heart attack on 71 and 150th while he was driving home. But he was smart enough to pull over because he knew something was wrong. I go, so did they find him? And he said, uh, yeah, the ambulance found him, but he had already died. And they brought him back. I go, so what's going on now with him? And he's... They were en route going to uh, Metro Hospital over here from that far over. And I said, okay. And right away, me and my wife started praying about it. And we asked the Lord to uh, bless him, to heal him, that there's no effect with his brain because of lack of oxygen, because of his heart attack. And he died three more times while he was at the hospital. Yeah, he's gone and they brought him back three more times and then he was in a coma for three days and when I was working they're like man I don't know if he's gonna make it I go look you gotta have faith he'll be okay I had this feeling that he'd be okay so he came out of the coma and the only thing he doesn't remember is the heart attack in the situation that he was in at that time from that point on, he doesn't remember nothing. So the prayer was answered. I mean, that, that to me is proof that God does answer prayer. He does. And uh, it doesn't matter what circumstances you're in, prayer is always the way to go. Yes, God for help. And then we were, there's another thing that happened that, uh, we we're having a missionary uh, meeting with the missionaries that were here last week. And we're having lunch and these big sandwiches. <laughs> you know, everybody ate, but there's stuff left over. And they're like, um, just come and, you know, if you want extra, or take seconds and stuff. I'm like, uh, I don't, I'm trying to cut back on eating here. And uh, next thing I know, I see the cookies in front of me. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I was like, I ain't going to eat them. I'm not going to eat them. I don't feel like eating them. I don't know why. And then Pastor Michelle asked, she goes, do you think you know anybody that needs, thing, uh, you know, would take this? Or I, I go, you know what? Yeah, enter my mind, my neighbor, because she's taking care of her two nieces plus her kids and her husband and that. And I said, yeah, I'll take it. Give me all of it. I'll take it. And we pulled in the driveway. And there she was. I was like, hey. I went walking over there with the bag. She's like, what? I go, here, this is for you. 
She goes, oh, you didn't have to. I go, no, it's from the church for you. She goes, you know, I didn't know what I was going to make the, for dinner for these six people. And then we had six sandwiches and a big uh, thing of cookies. I go, no, just that's for you guys. And she almost started breaking down in a driveway. I was like, don't worry about it. It's good. It's all good. It's from the church, from God. It's for you. And she was like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's, what's incredible about that for the two things? I mean, n- number one, the first testimony, he, him and his wife immediately found out that there was a need and they went to prayer. So, so that was the immediate response. And then they watched God miraculously, you know, walk that guy back to health with no, no issues, right? Like the, the guy died multiple times, so to have no issues, total answer to prayer. Well, then the other <laughs> testimony, you have to understand the story with lunch, we got like the wrong order. Like we had these foot long, there were like 16 foot long sandwiches. So it was like completely wrong, but we were like, it's okay. It's a missions lunch. Everybody's going to be grateful. Nobody's, you know, nobody's going to care. Nobody even knew that it was the wrong order. But afterwards, it was obnoxious, so much left that we're like, somebody needs this. And again, you guys have to realize we are all just conduits of a miracle. And sometimes God uses us, right? And so Johnny had to be willing to receive from us, like, hey, here's what we have extra. He took it and then used it to bless somebody else. Do you guys see how it's so important that we just say yes to the Lord when the Lord's speaking to us? Sometimes the miracle's not for us, but we're supposed to pass it on to somebody else. And how incredible in that moment, they literally were pulling in the driveway. She was out there and there was this interaction, divine interaction. He had extra food. She was in need of food. Boom. That's God. You guys, we have to realize that in its simplicity, that was God at work. And it took multiple people to make that happen. That's why God, he doesn't need us, but he likes to use us. He likes to work through us. Amen? We get to partner with him in those amazing stories. Isn't that incredible? Amen. All right, next up, Ron Finch, come on up here and share. Give him a hand clap, everybody. All right, tell us a little bit about what God's been doing. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm going to admit I'm a little anxious talking in front of everybody, so if I'm shaking, that's a little bit of why. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know if you all remember when we did the corporate fast back in January. Um, I was talking to Pastor Michelle, I guess it was about a week ago, that I always have a hard time with fasting. It's, I hate to deny myself, and that's something I'm working on with the Lord. Um, but I decided I'm not giving up food because I just, I eat five meals a day. I cannot do it. So <laughs> I, d- I decided to give up. Um, the way my job works is I actually get to leave a little bit early if I don't take a lunch. So I gave up that extra time. But instead of letting there just be a vacuum that I'm not filling, um, I decided I'm going to give up that coming home early, take the lunch, but instead of eating during that time, I'm going to spend that time with God. And I'm going to eat you know, any other time during the day. So I'd known that he loves to reveal things to us. I just hadn't been getting a whole lot of that. And for <laughs> since June 30th of last year, I've been telling my mentor, all, everybody, 
I just don't have time to be in the Word, to spend time with God. I, I just can't fit it in. And my mentor is very direct, as I imagine Jesus would be in that moment. Well, you make time for what's important to you, he told me. So that kind of cut my heart. <laughs> um, but I've been told when you draw close to him, he draws close to you. And he started revealing things because instead of having that time where I can do, I can eat, I can go out and go to the store, get gas, I was intentional, and not every day, but as much as I can, intentional about being with God, praying, being in his word, reading something. And he he started to guide that time. Instead of me trying to just go through a devotional, I'd open my Bible and I'd basically, all right, God, what do you want, what do you want to show me today? And he'd show me something that day. So I want to share with you, um, it's actually my life verse, John 6.35. I'm going to try and do it from memory because I didn't write it down. Um, but Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So I was just, I was just reading that one day, and he just revealed, whoever comes to me will never be hungry. That comes to me is not just one time. That's not just, oh, hey, I came to you, and I'm, I, why am I still hungry? It's continuous. But I wanted to confirm that what I was getting was right, so I went into the Greek and I believe the words archimenos. It is it literally means continuously. So, and there's a whole testimony um, from the School of Spirit night down in um, where was that? Hartwood, Heartland, um, where we we're just seeking the Holy Spirit. And there was this guy there that um, he prayed over me, and he had a prophetic word because I, not being in the Word with God, not being in time with God, in relationship with Him, I had no rest at all. And he told me, <laughs> you need to learn how to rest. That was the main thing he said. So that stuck with me. And as I started having these times with him, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 came to mind. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. As we come to him, he gives that rest to us. And now I've experienced it. That time that I gave up for lunch, coming home early, because I, I love my wife. I love coming home and getting to hang out as much time as possible with her. And I gave that up because he's more important. And I have to remind myself and her sometimes that he is more important. But I've experienced just what he can do with a half an hour a day. And, and it's funny because when you start to get into that rhythm, it's hard to break it. So I didn't break those times after the fast was over. I'm, that became a habit. I think, it, scientifically speaking, it takes 21 days to form a habit, good or bad. And after that fast, it was January, I think, 9th to the end of the month. That was three weeks. So that became a habit, and I'm still doing it now in the end of July. So I just encourage everyone, make time for him. He'll deliver. So good, man. Yeah, wow. That'll 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 preach, right? If you're feeling dry, you're feeling weary, you're feeling alone, you're feeling isolated. God didn't move; we did. So, He's not a condemning God. Just move yourself back closer. That's His love and His grace is there. So good, so good, so encouraging. Is that encouraging you today? Amen. Amen. All right, Pastor Rachel, why don't you come on up? Why don't you give a hand to our next-gen Pastor Rachel Wilhelm. Hi, friends. I get to talk about camp today. 
So I went to kids camp with a few of our students a couple of weeks ago. We had three in total go from here at Rockside, two full full week start, uh, camp and one little starter camp guy, our sweet little Caleb, who went for three days. Um, so that's for the younger kids. Um, and the theme of the week even just was wonderful. Um, it was I wonder. And it was just to spark kids' curiosity about God and his ways and his plans for them. Because uh, the theme verse for the week was 1 Corinthians 2, 9. And it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. Now, kids have a natural curiosity, right? <laughs> kids have a natural wonder about the world. Um, and we want to foster that because God is the one who has instilled those things in them. And God is the one who wants to foster those things and the more we seek him the more we find him so that's something that we always want to foster so all week the kids are learning about I wonder how much does God love me how much can God use me how like why did God create me the way that he has created me what would happen if I gave everything to Jesus um, and so inspiring them and, and making them think about these big questions and and really not limiting that like sometimes kids can be uh, told oh you know just wait until you're older to think about those things or oh you you can't do this and this and this because you're little or God, you know God's just going to use you when you're older and that's not something to think about now but we want to we want kids of even a young age to know that God can speak to them God wants to speak to them and he wants to use them he wants to work through them he wants to uh, have them be light and love in their communities and so that was the focus of the week, and it was just wonderful. Like a thousand, about a thousand kids, I think, between the two weeks of camp, um, just hearing all about how God absolutely loves them more than they can ever imagine. Everyone from people who practically live in church to kids who had never stepped foot inside of a church. And I have some really cool statistics, um, just broad overview, and then we'll get into a couple of stories. Um, so there were 36 first-time salvations in those two weeks of camps. 36 kids for the first time said, yes, I want to follow Jesus. And even more amazing than that, 149 kids said, you know what, I need to take this Jesus thing seriously. And 149 kids said, I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm going all in. Um, there were a hundred kids who had a powerful encounter and were filled with the Holy Spirit. A hundred. There were 18 kids who said, you know what, the Lord healed me in some way. 18. That is amazing. And a lot of that is kids. There were adults praying for kids, but I know that there were also kids praying for kids and Jesus working like in the groups of children, which is absolutely incredible. The powers of children are amazing. 111 kids said, you know what? I think I'm called to ministry. I think I'm called to just give everything of myself to Jesus. And you know what? We had a BGMC giving challenge the, for the two weeks to build a soccer stadium in Indonesia where uh, Indonesian children would come to play soccer and stay to learn about Jesus. Um, <laughs> it's huge overseas, um, especially in in Indonesia. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> everyone plays soccer there. So it's a huge opportunity. And so our BGMC goal for those two weeks um, was $20,000, 10 each week. And you may think, wow, that's a, that's a big goal for little BBs. They surpassed that goal. They raised almost $22,000 in those two weeks. Can we give them a hand for now? 
Oh my goodness. Um, so there were so many, I know, I know. Little, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one of the wonderful, one of my favorite parts of camp probably was this this focus that they have on JBQ. And um, for those of you who don't know, JBQ stands for Junior Bible Quiz. And we know from both research and experience that having God's word in your heart is uh, a powerful, powerful thing. And I believe that it doesn't have to be boring and repetitive. Um, so Junior Bible Quiz is a system that puts together games and activities, different challenges and incentives, um, all centered around learning Bible knowledge and scripture passages. Everything uh, from as foundational as why did Jesus die on the cross to what are the names of the 12 minor prophets in the Bible? Anybody know that one? <laughs> we had some kids learn those names this, uh, at camp. So all and everywhere in between. And I think just about every single student learned some junior Bible quiz questions that week. And that means that every single student left camp knowing more about God's word than when they arrived. That is wonderful. And every camper was encouraged to set their own personal goals of how many questions they wanted to answer, how many scripture passages that they wanted to memorize and what they thought that they could do. Um, and it was so exciting to see our kids meet and even exceed those goals. And I think my favorite part about that was seeing them grow from a little bit hesitant and insecure and nervous about that to like fully on board. Like the Bible can be a little bit intimidating sometimes. It's big, there's a lot of books in it and like uses weird terms like sanctification and repentance and the kids are like, what does that mean? It's like, well, you're learning this week. <laughs> That's one of the junior Bible quiz questions. What is repentance? Um, but to see their, sky, their confidence and their ability to learn and understand the Bible skyrocket during the week, that was so precious to me. Like that confidence that I can learn the Bible on my own. Uh, even, as a, even as a small child, like I can understand God's word for myself. That is priceless. Um, and another thing that happened during the week is that on Monday at the beginning of the week, so we're in worship, we're in service, we're getting ready, getting ready to worship, and the worship leader actually takes time to explain what worship is, like in, in clear kid terms, explains why we do what we do, and some of the things that we maybe take for granted in, in the church sphere. Um, and so she was explaining that when we raise our hands in worship, we are saying, God, you can have all of me and I want all of you. And one of our students, as she's explaining this, she turns to me in absolute wonder and astonishment. And she says, that's what they do. That's why they do that. That's what that means. Awesome. I want that. <laughs> And a kid who grew up in church, you know, she's been in church for forever and ever, but it's like we don't think about these things sometimes. But it clicked, and I watched that girl throw her hands up in worship that whole week, knowing that she got it, and knowing that that was a declaration to God, that she said, oh God, I want you to have all of me. So that was just absolutely wonderful to watch. I'm just getting all choked up about it. Um, so it was so wonderful to have a week totally dedicated to pouring into students' lives and giving them uh, a, a, the next step in their foundation. And I'm so excited to see um, how God builds on that foundation because camp isn't just for camp. You don't go, you don't go away for camp from camp and then just go back to normal life. It's like 
that's a stepping stone. And then we build off of that. So I'm so excited to see what God's going to do next. Yes, thank you so much. So, you know, our next gen ministry, which is our kids and our youth, um, it's so important that we are praying for them, encouraging them, the leaders that are serving and that you are letting them know how grateful and thankful that you are. You may not be able to see everything that goes on. Wednesdays, we have youth ministry here uh, on campus at 7 p.m. We've got the kids ministry during our main service. They're learning about Jesus. They're not just being watched. They're learning how to pray and love and give, and they're understanding what it is to be a missionary. They are getting it. They're starting to get it. And this camp experience, can you imagine seeing over a thousand, two different camps, 500 kids from Ohio seeking God's face? Nothing tears you up more when you see a little kid going and praying for another little kid. Their faith is massive. And when they pray, they pray and God hears. They were able to see healing, salvations, rededications. It matters, these camp experiences, but it's not just for that one week during camp. They bring that back and then that just grows. We're excited to see what God's doing in our kids' ministry as their love for Jesus and their love for the word of God. Junior Bible Quiz is an incredible program where they're encouraged, rewarded in a good sense to learn more about Jesus. It's a healthy, competitive, fun way of doing it. We're excited to see that grow. Amen? Aren't you being encouraged about what God is doing in and amongst us? It's incredible. It is incredible. All right, next up, Pastor Jordan, come on up. Give a hand clap for our very own Pastor Jordan. All right. Hey, good morning, everyone. So I'm fresh off of vacation. So we uh, were rested, and I'm, I haven't peeled. I was very careful about my head not burning. I wore a hat all week. So um, so I just want to thank God for his provision. He's a, he's a good father. And that's just not a song we sing. That's who God is. Um, so on the way down to Florida, Lee and I are talking about <laughs> vacation. And how, does anyone know how, like, vacation's expensive. I don't know if you bought a McChicken lately, but inflation has kicked in, y'all. It's like, it's not a dollar anymore. Those are those are long gone. It's like 40 bucks for McDonald's. Anyways, we're worrying about like, okay, how can we make vacation happen? You know, if, you know, we're just talking budget and all that. So we're worrying about this, okay? And the funny thing looking back is this was the Bible verse I was reading before we left for vacation. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? I've read that verse a thousand times, Okay. Um, but that, like, that. anyway, we're driving down, okay? We pit stop in Georgia. My family's down there. And uh, my one of my relatives, they hand me a card. This relative doesn't normally do this. So, and it was a thick card. So it's like, what's this? Um, I open it up. It's a large amount of money. Like, enough to, like, we had a shortfall, and we're, like, thinking about, like, how much money we wish we had, like, that would be the amount, like, and it was just, like, God, you're so good, <laughs> like, you're providing for us, and, like, thank God, like, we can, we don't have to eat McChickens all week, so, and you'd think that 
after that, I would just be walking in faith all week, like, oh, Lord, I'm not going to worry. You're a provider. But, you know, who knows? We're, we're kind of dull sometimes, you know? It, it takes God a few times to, like, hit us upside the head to get our attention. So we're driving up from Florida, and we're like, ah, school's about to start. Like, school's expensive. Book bags, uh, water bottles, notepads, all that stuff. Like, what are we going to do? We just spent all the we spent all that money. Well, we came home and like we check in the mailbox and there's this random check for money to get school supplies. So it's like, okay, God, I got it. I got it. So he, here's, here's the other part. Um, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Know this today, that God sees what you need and just because you have needs, like, we are talking about this, because I was feeling, like, guilty. Like, am I just, like, loving money? It's not, that was not mo- motivating me. What I wanted, my motivation, I wanted to care for my family. I wanted us to relax on vacation. I want my kids to have a backpack to go to school. Like, these are good things. These are good intentions. And God wants that for us, and he provides uh, for us. So, uh, let me let me just read this this last part. Um, and this is the part that God reminded me of. Um, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. This is the part. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. He knows, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. God is a good father. He knows what you need. Just trust him. (laughs) That's good. That's so good. It's hard, though. That's hard to trust him, and especially in finances. It's, I don't know about you, but it seems like one of the hardest things. I think that's why, you know, he asks us to give tithe, because he wants to know that he owns our heart, right? He doesn't own, yeah, so good. Well, listen, we've got a couple of our congregants that are going to be getting baptized here in a little bit. And man, God's just been so good. And I'm so excited to hear from them. And what we're going to do after we have some testimonies, we're going to all go down outside and we're going to celebrate together as our friends get baptized. Amen. So please don't leave. Um, The service will continue downstairs uh, outside. We have a hot tub set up and we will uh, participate together as a family as we've got people stepping forward in baptism. Yeah. Amen. Right. So if you have your Bibles with you or your device, open up to Matthew chapter 28. I just want to read a couple scriptures and then we're going to have our friends come up here. Have you been encouraged by the testimonies today? Have you been encouraged by God's presence? (laughs) Amen. Matthew chapter 28. We're looking at verse, verses 18 through 20. Familiar passage. You guys already know it, but let's refer to it. It says this, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. 
Verse 19, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, all right? So that's, that's our mission, right? We're to go and make disciples. We're called to make disciples. And then it says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then it says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of of the age. All right, so God has called us as a, as a church, right? His commission is to go and to seek and save the lost so that people can find him as their savior. Our job, all right, everybody that knows Jesus as their Lord and savior, we are called to go and make disciples, to reach out in our neighborhoods, to reach out to our family, to reach out at our places of work and to tell our story, right? Of what Jesus has done, to tell testimonies of the answered prayer so that others can see this Jesus that's impacting our life. That's the whole point. Go and make disciples. And then it talks about baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what we're gonna do here in a little bit. Baptism is another experience. In order to be baptized, the Bible is clear. You have to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's the first step. Now listen, baptism, you don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. But Jesus commanded that we would follow him in the way of being baptized. And so although it is a command, it's not, it won't deter anybody from missing out on heaven. But why would we not want to follow him, right? In all. Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And after that, he was then thrust into God's divine plan for his life. Baptism is cool because we get to be like Christ in the sense where we go under the water. It's representative of us dying with Christ, right? And then we raise out of the water to new life. We're already saved. We already know Jesus, but it's a symbolic representation of, of being one with Christ. And there's a reason why we do this publicly. We could do it privately, but our faith was not meant to be hidden under a bush, correct? We're not, we, we are meant to live our life loud for Jesus. And so just like marriage, right? When you get married, you have a big ceremony and people that you love come and they watch you make a covenant with Jesus and your partner. Baptism is the same thing. As a family of God, we get to come around those that are saying yes, those that are following Jesus in that next step. And we get to watch as they are faithful and obedient and then they go under the water and they come out and they're drawing a line in the sand saying, I'm following Jesus from this day forward. I'm not looking back, right? I choose to follow Jesus. And it's just a beautiful thing. We get to participate with that. So family of God, it's important that you stick around at the end because we, we wanna celebrate with those that are following Jesus. We're all called to make disciples. You're not off the hook. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's part of the commission that God has given us, each one of us, to tell our story to somebody, to tell of what Jesus has done in our life to somebody during the week. And then we come celebrate together and we go, man, this is what God did. This is the answers to prayer. And then we get to celebrate with each other and the family of God. Amen? 
Amen. Well, we have a couple of our friends that are going to come, so I'd like to invite Carmen um, and Sir. Yes, you're going first. You gotta, you gotta go first, lady. She's all like, what? Serenity, you wanna come on up here with your mom too? And London, do you wanna come up here too, just with everybody that way you feel comfortable? Yeah, come on up. Can we give a hand clap to our friends? <laughs> all right, if you wanna just, you can use this table. So this is Carmen and her daughter, Serenity, and they're gonna be sharing. And then this is their friend, London. You can stand right here. Absolutely. All right, so Carmen, just share with us whatever is on your heart, what the Lord has done, and why you're getting baptized today. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, so good morning, everyone. I'm a little bit nervous, but <laughs> I want to share my testimony. Um, I have always been a believer of the Lord since early childhood because um my grandma, my maternal grandma, she raised me Pentecostal church with the word of God for many years. Um, it wasn't until I turned to the age of about 16 years old, I stopped going to church. And um, by the age of 17, 18 years old, I moved out of my home. And I began to explore the sins of the world. And um, it's the kind of sin that many find pleasure in. And um, I ended up facing heartache, pain. My soul felt so lost. And I looked for love in all the wrong places. I faced depression, anxiety, and confusion for the next several years. Once I moved to Ohio from New York City 13 years ago, I found a church to go to. As I got lost going to a friend's house, I went to that church for about three years. And then I fell off again. It wasn't until April of 2021 that I spoke to a friend, which I met at the old church, Myra Redonda. Um, she introduced me to Rockside Church, and um, I went and visited once in 2021, and I never came back. So I went through a lot of mental trials and mental, you know, mental um, anguish, and um, due to my past pain, and depression and past abuse. I was mentally imprisoned in my, you know, hurtful thought um, about my past life. The devil kept trying me, but I constantly felt God fighting for me. And I'm talking about fighting hard, I felt it. And I kept thinking, I must have a purpose in this life that God keeps fighting for me. So fast forward to April of 2023, Easter weekend, I visited Rockside Church once again. I felt good, and I felt welcome. I felt loved. I also felt the need to cry, which I did, by the way, once Pastor Michelle approached me to greet me. I was hungry. I was hungry for God's love. I was hungry, hungry for his gospel. I felt so incomplete without him. Yet, I knew that he had been by my side the whole time. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. I know because in March of 2023, I got on my knees to pray, and I begged to God so bad, and I said, please, help me quit smoking. I don't want to do this anymore. Too many years of smoking, smoking my sorrows away, my depressions away, thinking it will help me feel good just for a few. So I surrendered everything to him. I gave up 
trying on my own, and I begged him and begged him, and I begged him for the Holy Spirit to guide me and to be my strength. The very next morning, I had one cigarette left, and I said, I'm going to smoke this. I tried to smoke it, and I just didn't feel right. Just, I felt so nauseous. I began to get heart palpitations like crazy. I got scared. <laughs> so I turned it off, and I threw it away in the trash, and since then, I quit cold turkey. And I really, really, really spiritually felt the Holy Spirit beside me, guiding me the very next day, the next day after that. And I felt the Holy Spirit saying, you asked for me, so here we are. I am with you, and I will not leave you through this tough time or by yourself. I got you. Today, I am four months and one week smoke-free. <laughs> Thank you. But guess what? I still felt a void. Well, I began to go to church here at Rockside, and I turned it all, my sorrows, I turned it all in, and the pain to God, leaving it all at the altar. I still have one problem, though. I don't know how to let go of my past pain and anger towards those who abused me and hurt me. So for the past week, I have been having dreams back to back about my past life with my abusers in the dream. And I asked myself, wow, is my trauma that bad? <laughs> but yesterday, while talking to my husband, he made a point. He made a point. He said, maybe God's talking to you through those dreams, telling you that you must forgive and let it all go. Forgive others, but most importantly, forgive yourself. I cried as he said that, because that's exactly it, forgiveness. It's what Jesus is about, along with love. He died for our sins and for us to be forgiven. So today I accept him as my Lord and Savior and get baptized to wash all of my past away and be more like Christ. Amen. Amen. That, whew, that's incredible. Thank you, Carmen. Just stay up here as, as Serenity shares. Are you okay? I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior because I believe in him. I love him because he loves me too. And he died for me. I want to get baptized I want because I want to feel the Holy Spirit inside of my heart. And I want Jesus to live in me forever. Amen. Amen. That's so good. That's so good. Out of the heart of a child, right? And then London, you want to share a little something too? Okay, here you go. Why I love Jesus? Simple. I love Jesus because I, he created me. He has given me what I needed, and I am grateful to him. He's the reason for our entire existence and supplies us with everything we need without asking for much in return. I've always accepted him as my Lord and Savior. I feel at home when I praise him. I know finally getting baptized will bring me closer to him. 
and make our relationship stronger as to grow and continue to follow him. Thank you. Thank you so much. You guys can go ahead and be seated. Can you guys just go ahead and stand to your feet? I want us just to give the Lord a hand clap just in general for what he has done. Let's just raise our praise to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Put your hands together. Let's thank the Lord for these 